Was Brock Purdy the biggest dynasty winner during the 2023 season? All that and more in this episode of the Locked On Dynasty Football Podcast. You are Locked On Dynasty Football, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Here are your hosts, Marcus Mosher and Kate Madjuke. Welcome back to the Locked On Dynasty Football Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. We'd like to thank you for making us your first listen of the day. This episode is brought to you by Price Picks, the easiest and most exciting way to play daily fantasy sports. Go to pricepicks.com slash NFL and use promo code LockdownNFL for a first deposit match up to $100. I am your host, Marcus Mosier. You can follow me on Twitter at Marcus underscore Mosier. Joining me today, as always, is Kate Majuk. You can follow her on Twitter at Kate Majuk. You can also check out her work at Yahoo, Pro Football Focus, Behind the Steel Curtain, everywhere on the internet, talking fantasy football and real-life football. On today's show, we're going to be discussing the biggest dynasty winners outside of the rookie class from the 2023 season. And Kate, we've got to start with San Francisco Brock Purdy and Brandon Ayuk, I mean, just absolutely crushed it this year. I have to say, I came into the 2023 season a very big skeptic of Brock Purdy, not just for for uh, questions regarding his elbow, which was obviously a very big concern coming off that season-ending elbow injury, the the Tommy John surgery. Nobody was really sure if he would come back and have that full zip, that full zing that you need as a starting quarterback in the NFL. But not only that, has he like just absolutely crushed it in terms of efficiency as a passer. And we got to see some wheels on the ground, which was again, one of my biggest uh, critics or or critiques of Brock Purdy. We didn't really see him. We saw him mobile in the pocket, but we didn't see him take off on scrambles. We didn't see him get any of that extra, you know, rushing yardage. We got a little bit of that this year. And I like I got to say, I know it's only 144 rushing yards and two touchdowns, but it was encouraging to see as a fantasy manager. Yeah, I I just go back to the, the summer when we were talking about Brock Purdy, Kate, and some of the quarterbacks that were routinely being drafted over him were pretty insane. I even remember there was a time this offseason where him and Trey Lance were like neck and neck in terms of dynasty rankings and where they're being drafted. And now we're having a discussion of like, is Brock Purdy a top 10 dynasty quarterback? I mean, it's just, it's absolutely insane. Okay. Just a couple, couple of names of some players that were being drafted ahead of him uh, earlier this off season, Kenny Pickett, Desmond Ritter, uh, Daniel Jones. Uh, I, I mean, obviously you had Bryce Young, um, Sam Howe was being drafted ahead of him. It's pretty crazy where we are at now. He's being currently drafted as QB 12. That was at least going into the latest batch of ADP that we had from Dynasty League Football. And I got to say, I, I I wonder like if he's going to get inside the top 10 at some point this offseason. I wouldn't be surprised, especially considering he is really just kind of carving out his spot in the 49ers offense. I think we're just seeing him down by down of football earn this starting job for the future. Now, I think everybody's going to always have that grain of of doubt in their mind, just based on the fact that, you know, the, the draft capital obviously isn't there. Um, But I don't know. There's only so many different ways that he can prove that he's the franchise guy. If they they go to the Super Bowl this year and Brock Purdy plays really well all the way through the NFC playoffs. I mean, 
at some point the draft capital is just not going to matter anymore. Like if this, if this team gets back to the NFC championship game, which seems completely likely. And then especially if they go on to win a Super Bowl, which again is very likely, I believe they're the favorites right now to win the Super Bowl. I, I almost don't know how Kate, you can't put him ahead of guys like Trevor Lawrence. I mean, he's outperformed Trevor Lawrence this year, obviously because of the injury, but you put him ahead of Trevor Lawrence. You probably put him ahead of Tua. Uh, I, I I don't know how he's not one of the biggest winners from this year. He is definitely one of the biggest winners. Now I will say I'll still take Trevor Lawrence uh, over Brock Purdy here, but there's a lot of merit here. I think to consider Brock Purdy over Tua, and you look at the weapons around them. And I think we should talk about another 49er as a big dynasty winner this year. Let's talk about Brandon Ayuk, yeah. who yeah. had a career year this year. He was unbelievable, Kate. I mean, absolutely, absolutely a star. Now we had Debo Samuel miss a little bit of time, but just to show how much his his value went up this year, he had a really good playoffs last year. But he was forty six overall last January. That actually dipped down in April, all the way down to fifty nine overall on Dynasty League Football, and now it's sixteen overall. I, I mean, just a huge season. I saw 83% of his receptions went for a touchdown or a first down this year, which was the highest in the league. It seems like the 49ers are going to do everything possible to make sure that he stays with them, where they've got to move some money around. And I know that's always a little bit of concern when, you know, switching teams. But I mean, Brandon Ayuk is a locked and loaded top 10 dynasty receiver. And in fact, Kate, you could even talk me into him being higher than that. That's pretty incredible. I mean, 17.9 yards per reception. Jeez. Hard to argue with that kind of efficiency. I mean, across the board, this offense has been incredibly efficient, but Brandon Ayuk, obviously a big part of that success here, like career high, 61 first downs. Like he has been an integral part of moving the chains all year long. And as long as they keep this cohort of offense weapons together, Really hard to imagine that success not also continuing for Brock Purdy. Yeah. Um, really quickly on Brandon Ayuk. So here are the receivers that are being drafted over Brian, Brandon Ayuk right now. You tell me, stop, if you would take any of these guys over, or you would take Ayuk over any of these guys. So it's Jefferson, Chase, CeeDee Lamb, Amon Ross St. Brown, A.J. Brown, Tyree Kill, Garrett Wilson, Jalen Waddell, Chris Olave. Oh. I'll, oof. I would take Ayuk over Alave and Waddle. I would take Ayuk over Waddle. Yeah. Uh, I'd still take Alave uh, over Ayuk, but yeah, I think that's kind of the, the mark. Where, where do we land? Wide receiver 11? Uh, no, wide receiver nine. Wide receiver Ooh. nine. Okay. Which is pretty incredible considering there were times last year, or at least this offseason when he was being drafted as like wide receiver 25, 26. To be inside the top 10 after one year is pretty awesome. And what a season that Brock Purdy and, and Brandon Ayuk had. Those were easily two of the biggest winners um, at the quarterback and the receiver position. But what about at the running back position, Kate? Because you and I this offseason, uh, one, of one of our main messages was every running back is a sell, except for maybe Christian McCaffrey. That's the only one that you feel good about holding on to. We saw two running backs in the NFC this year 
just absolutely rise up the dynasty ranks. We will get to them next. This episode is brought to you by FanDuel. The NFL regular season is wrapped up, but there is still time to get in on the action with FanDuel, America's number one sports book. Right now, new customers can get $150 in bonus bets guaranteed when you place a $5 bet. That is $150 in bonus bets, win or lose. The app is so easy to use. There's so many different ways you can bet, like live same-game parlays. You can find bets in the new Explore tab. Or you can make a parlay in the Parlay Hub, the best and most popular way to bet on the NFL. I love parlays. It's so much fun. You can go see the most popular parlays on the site. And there's the futures bets. You can bet on who do you think is going to lead the playoffs with the most receiving yards, most passing yards. Just so many different ways to bet right now. So visit FanDuel.com slash LockedOn and make your first bet a layup with FanDuel, the official partner of the NFL. Welcome back to the Locked On Dynasty Football Podcast. We want to let you know that Locked On has launched the first ever national sports 24-7 streaming channel on YouTube. Locked On Sports Today is here for you 24-7, covering the top sports stories of the day with the local experts of Locked On, plus our national shows covering every league. Go to Locked On Sports Today on YouTube and subscribe to the first ever national sports 24-7 streaming channel. Okay, let's talk about some running backs that saw their value go way up. And let's start with Kyron Williams, who, I mean, going into the year, I, I don't think people really thought much about Kyron Williams at, at, at all. And all of a sudden, he was the most important running back in the NFL outside of Christian McCaffrey. Yeah, he came into this season uh, and the kind of like consensus thought was that he was going to be playing behind Cam Akers, uh, who was going to be tried and true the the rb1 here and it, it turned out that was not the case immediately out of the gate kyron williams came out just took over the backfield week two, two onward even had a uh i believe it was a shoulder injury missed four games so in 12 total games over 1300 scrimmage yards 15 touchdowns finishes the overall rb4 in scoring despite missing all those games to injury like You've got to be so impressed with what Kyron Williams did out of nowhere. Now, like moving forward, I don't think there's any way that the Rams can look at Kyron Williams and think he's not their future. And they got him, you know, as a great value in 2022. Yeah, I'm all in on Kyron. He's just a perfect fit for Sean McVay. That offense just functions at a totally different level when Kyron Williams is, is playing and he's healthy. And Kate, he, he, what was funny about Kyron is even like going into the season, you could get Kyron Williams for a song because nobody had any idea what was going to go on in this backfield. Remember Cam Akers was still there going into September. Kate, his ADP on dynasty league football was 228, 228. Going into the month of December, it was 26. That's a 200-spot uh, rise in value, and I can only see it going up. Uh, he had a really good, st uh, strong end of the season. Now the Rams are in the playoffs. I think he's going to have a great playoff run. I won't be surprised at all if he's a top 20 dynasty player by the time we get to February. Yeah, I, I think that's absolutely the case. Among uh, 
running backs with 100 plus rush attempts ranked top 10 in yards per carry, yards after contact per attempt, stuff rate, explosive runs. Like this dude dominated. And you know what? It, it, we've talked about recency bias, and Kyron Williams finishes the overall wide receiver or run, running back one in your fantasy football championships. He literally won you your league. Like there, that's going to be really hard to forget. And again, situationally, I'm not sure that the Rams really have any sort of incentive to look nope. elsewhere, given the the amount of success they found with him. And we know that Sean McVay traditionally likes to just use one running back. Um, he sprinkles in other guys here and there, but this is not somebody who is going to do a lot of the, you know, uh, running back by committee. He's not going to be switching guys in and out depending on the week. It's not a Bill Belichick situation. Like once he finds his guy, he's going to ride him until the wheels fall off and, with Kyron Williams still having two years left in his deal with him playing at an extremely high level. I think you can kind of bank on Kyron Williams giving you, I would say top five running back production on a week to week basis. And maybe even that's low. I I'm trying to think off the top of my head, like how many running backs on a week to week basis, we're going to rank over Kyron and it's Christian McCaffrey. And then it gets a little funky. It, it might be Kyron Williams at number two, Kate. I, I'm not bold enough to, I, I do love me from Kyron Williams. I'm not, well, bold I'm saying on a, on, a, on a per game basis, not like dynasty rankings. As obviously I think Bijan and Gibbs hold more dynasty yeah. value, but like when we're ranking them from week to week, who do you project to score more points that outside of Christian McCaffrey than Kyron Williams? Maybe there isn't uh, one. Uh, it's crazy. <laughs> it, it's absolutely crazy. Now, there is another running back that we need to mention. Now, this one did have quite the same rise in ADP, but it's noteworthy. Going into July, okay, Rashad White had an ADP of 80. Uh, we, we A lot of people assumed that he was going to be the starting running back in Tampa Bay. That played out. Uh, but I'm not sure everybody expected him to be this good. Um, he's now seen his ADP go up to 41 overall. Again, he finished out the year strong. I expect that number to continue to go up. I think outside of Kyron Williams, Rashad White improved his value at the running back position maybe more than any other running back. I definitely think that's fair. Now, hear me out, though. I am I might be still a bigger Rashad White skeptic than most. Like, you look at his efficiency across the board, still didn't have an efficient season. Average is 3.6 no. yards per attempt. Like, Let's be clear. He he needed a lot of that volume. Had 272 rush attempts and did not even clear a thousand rushing yards. Like he needed every touch he could get in order to be as fantasy relevant as he is. Now, when you look at the receiving ability, that is where he he really made his mark and and impressed me because obviously, like the the offensive line not great. So we can we could talk about how maybe offensive line contributed to those inefficiencies, but you have to love the, the reliability that he showed in the receiving game. But again, like if he didn't have the volume, would he have had, would he have had the year that he did? And I know like there's something to be said for volume, right? Sure. But like you look at a guy like Najee Harris who had, you know, 300 touches and, and that was enough to keep him afloat, but sooner or later you run out of volume if you're not efficient. No. And that is my concern with Rashad white. Maybe we see some improvements on the offensive line, but 
that's my one bit of hesitancy with Rashad White. I just don't see Tampa Bay going out and getting anybody else this offseason. Like they, they've, they're committed to Rashad White. He's looked good. He's been efficient, or he's been effective as a receiver. Um, and sometimes we just like clarity at the running back position. Like we just weren't sure if Tampa Bay was really going to lean into Rashad White being a workhorse back, and they have, and it seems like they're pretty happy with it. So I'm happy with it. Like it, he's just not coming off the field. Tampa Bay made the playoffs. Um, they've got other needs, especially on the defensive side of the ball this offseason. I, I just see Rashad White, who still will have two years left on his contract after this season, being the go-to guy in Tampa. So like for me, that clarity and the safety net of knowing that he's just going to get a bunch of touches does matter. And I think that's fair. Um, maybe that's the best way to say it is is clarity, kind of like how availability is like a highly valued quality um clarity also a very highly valued quality all right let's move on to the tight end position because that is one position kate that just generally doesn't see a lot of change uh year over year when it comes to at least the top five tight ends it's a pretty stable position not the case in 2023 we saw the top five shake up in a big way who is the biggest winner at the tight end position during the 2023 season We'll get to that next. This episode is brought to you by Prize Picks. Prize Picks is the largest daily fantasy sports platform in North America. It is the easiest and most exciting way to play DFS because it's just you against the numbers. Instead of battling thousands of other players, including pros and sharks, all you have to do is pick more than or less than on two to six player stat projections and watch the winnings roll in. I've had so much fun playing prize picks this season. I, I just love how many different players and how many different stat projections that you can choose from. I also love that prize picks offers a reboot policy so that your entries stay in play, even if one of your players gets injured. For football and basketball games, if you have a player who exits the game in the first half and does not return for the second, that player is rebooted. Prize picks is the only daily fantasy sports platform with an injury insurance policy. So go to prizepicks.com slash NFL and use promo code LockedOnNFL for a first deposit match up to $100. Again, go to prizepicks.com slash NFL and use promo code LockedOnNFL for a first deposit match up to $100. Welcome back to the Lockdown Dynasty Football Podcast. On tomorrow's show, we're going to look at some of the biggest dynasty losers from the 2023 season. We're going to exclude players that had injuries like Joe Burrow or Justin Herbert, uh, but guys that maybe just didn't live up to some of the hype. So make sure you tune in for that. But Kate, I want to talk about this tight end position because we saw a lot of change this year. We saw at one point TJ Hawkinson was the number one overall tight end in dynasty. Sam Laporta sits there now. We saw Dalton Kincaid go way up. We saw Travis Kelsey's volume, uh, a value fall. But the guy for me that saw the big, I mean, it's not even just for me, but like the guy that we saw have the biggest jump in value is Trey McBride. Um, in the offseason, there was some hype on Trey McBride. We liked him a little bit. Uh, we were telling you to go out to, and buy him. He was tight end like 22, tight end 23. And then the season started. And there was a game earlier in the year where I think it was Zach Ertz got 15 targets and Trey McBride got one. Remember, Zach Ertz was playing ahead of Trey McBride. <laughs> uh, in September, 
His overall ADP was 183, and now it's 54 in rising. Over the last 10 games, Kate, uh, 66 catches, 655 yards, and three touchdowns. There's not many tight ends that I would take over Trey McBride in my dynasty leagues. Yeah, I think that's very fair. I mean, across the board from an efficiency standpoint, uh, and that was kind of like my biggest concern. He, uh, you know, ran plenty of routes in the the 2022 season as a rookie. Um, incredibly less than a hundred fewer routes. Uh, or he ran just under a hundred more routes this year than he did last. So like, he actually was on the field last year, which is kind of crazy. Um, but you look at the efficiency and what he was able to do once he commanded targets, and that is really what sets him apart, right? It, you know, saw an increase in yards per reception, yards after the catch per reception, yards per route run, um, contested catch rate off the charts, 73% contested catch rate, two games of 100-plus receiving yards, like, just really became the focal point of this entire offense. He's only 24 years old. Um, and like, let's be real, the Arizona Cardinals, they're, they're, they've got a lot of, they've got a lot of question marks in the air, but I don't think tight end is one of them. And I, I think Trey McBride has really carved himself out as a pseudo wide receiver one for this offense. I, I agree. I, I, I don't want to say he's special, but I think he's really, really good. Um, and now it's going to be really hard to trade for him because of what he did over the final two and a half months of the season. I think the quarterback situation has stabilized itself a little bit. There was some concerns about what's going to happen to Kyler Murray after the year. I think, I mean, I would be shocked now if the Cardinals moved on from Kyler with the way that the season went. Um, and even if they dra- they have the number four pick, even if they draft someone like Marvin Harrison Jr. at number four, I don't think it's going to impact Trey McBride's value. In fact, it might even help him. It might help him to be a little bit more efficient. Uh, I just think they found something here with his ability to win after the catch. They can put him in the slot. They can use him in the backfield to move him around a little bit. I I think he's Sam Laporta just at a cheaper price. Um, And he might have a better quarterback as well. Marcus, this, I I have to say, you you have been outstandingly bold. Now, my only question regarding the value of Trey McBride, uh, like it, it all comes down to sort of the NFL draft perspective, right? Like, is there a chance that we see some significant shakeups in this offense? Obviously, the Cardinals are going to be picking number four overall. If they do, uh, you know, let's say decide to stick with Kyler Murray as their quarterback, they're not going to be in the conversation for one of these top picks here. The other consensus top picks are some of the top wide receivers in this class. I will hope it happens. I I, I don't think it's going to change his value at all. I really don't. In fact, I, again, I really believe that adding a dominant wide receiver one that can take some of the pressure off Trey McBride and get him more matched up against linebackers and safeties is only going to help. I, it, it's not something that I'm worried about at all. Okay. So your, your fingers crossed that maybe the Cardinals walk away with like a, a Malik neighbors or, or, or the like, uh, is that, is that what I'm hearing here? Yes. You're hoping they get their wide receiver one. Yes. Cool. Yes. I, I, because I just think that there's a chance that this offense could be much better. 
if you get an, a bona fide number one receiver rather than our guy, Michael Wilson, having to do that and Greg Dorch and Rondale Moore, and that's just going to open up more scoring opportunities and more red zone looks and uh, just more plays for this Cardinals team. So no, I, I'm, I'm not, I'm not shying away from them adding a receiver. I'm not. Okay. I think that's uh, fair. All right. That is it for today's show. We want to thank you for making Lockdown Dynasty your first listen every single day. Again, on tomorrow's show, we're going to break down the biggest dynasty losers, so make sure you tune in for that. Let us know who you think are some of the biggest dynasty winners and losers from this 2023 season. We would love to hear your thoughts. Go check out our show on YouTube. Uh, we post videos every single day over there. Go follow the podcast wherever you get your podcasts. We are free and available on all platforms. Follow Kate on Twitter at Kate Majud. Go check out her work at Yahoo, Pro Football Focus, Behind the Steel Curtain. She does it all. Again, that's at Kate Majuk. I'm at Marcus underscore Mosher, and we will see you right back here tomorrow.